Hello friends, this is Stephen from Dream Gun, and we have shows on sale in Dublin and London right now. We are home in Dublin this June the 15th to the 17th with updated film reads of The Matrix, Jurassic Park and Titanic at Smock Alley Theatre. Featuring the award-winning ensemble of Tony Cantwell, Ronan Carey, Stephen Culver, that's me, Finbar Doyle, Hannah Manless, Aaron McGathy and Edwin Salmon. Uh, the show's at Smock Alley Theatre and tickets are on sale right now. Head to dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Meanwhile in London, we are now performing every month at 21 Soho with a different film read every month and different guests joining us on the stage. This month's London film is Batman Begins, but if you're in the future, it's probably a different film and you can find out which one at dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Hello and welcome to Dream Gun Film Reads and also 2020. So this is a very indescribable podcast where we take a script that we really like and then fill it full of jokes and nonsense and then get a bunch of actors and comedians to perform it on a stage without doing any rehearsing beforehand. And this month's episode is the Shawshank Redemption, The Lovable Prison. So if you happen to be in Dublin, we're recording a brand new film read of E.T., the extraterrestrial alien, that little, the cute little guy, in Whelan's on Saturday the 1st of February. You get tickets where you always do at eventbrite.ie. So all March and April, we've decided to take Dream Gun on a worldwide tour of a bunch of cities in Australia. So we're going to the Adelaide Fringe, the Brisbane, Melbourne, and Sydney Comedy Festivals. So tickets are available at all of their various websites. So if you happen to be listening to this in the future, where most people live, our latest gigs are always pinned to the top of our Twitter page because we're really smart. We have a Patreon. I'm not going to talk about it too much. I'll just put it over there. I'll just say we have a Patreon. You know, put it over there. Put it in your pocket. So if you like the podcast and you want to help more people find it, please consider writing this review or subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, or the other things. Now please enjoy the Dream Gun film read of Shawshank Redemption. Oh. The Shawshank Redemption, based on a short story Stephen King wrote after he watched The Green Mile. (laughs) It's a dreamy America of the late 1940s. The babies are booming, the goose is spruce, the geese are spruce, and the Nazis are gone. (laughs) For now. Somewhere in a court of law, Andy Dufresne is on trial for murder. He doesn't have traditional leading man charisma, so we're not sure if he's innocent. (laughs) If it was Harrison Ford, you'd be like, ah, he couldn't have done it. Look at that guy! Andy is being grilled by the district attorney. Uh, Mr. Dufresne, describe the confrontation you had with your wife the night she was murdered. Uh, It was very bitter. She said she was glad I found out that she hated all the sneaking around. She said her feet hurt from the tiptoeing. She said she wanted a divorce in Reno. I'll see you in hell before I see you in Reno. Those were your words, according to the testimony of your neighbors. Uh, But after that, we can't account for your movements for six hours, and then you show up in Reno. She packed a bag to go stay with Mr. Quentin. Glenn Quentin, the state's best traveling golf car salesman whom you had discovered was your wife's lover. Did you follow her? Well, I went to a few bars first, just to whet my whistle. And when my whistle was wet enough, I drove to his house to confront them. They weren't home, so I just paced around angrily, left some footprints in the flower beds, uh, fingerprints in the windowsills, just uh, bled in a few things, signed a few things, you know, the usual. I got back in, in my car and I drove home to sleep it off. Along the way, I threw my gun into the Royal River. I've been very clear on this point. A fish must have found my gun and killed my wife. (laughs) 
Well, Mr. Dufresne, where I get hazy is where the cleaning woman shows up the following morning and finds your wife in bed with her lover riddled with 38 caliber bullets. All 38 of them. Um, does, does that strike you as a fantastic coincidence, or, or is it just me? Like, like honestly, guys, uh, tell me if I'm going too far on this one, because you, you know me, I'm mad for a trial. <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for the fact that I didn't do it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard all the evidence, or at least a summary of it. <laughs> we have the accused at the scene of the crime. We have footprints, tire tracks, Bullets on the ground bearing his fingerprints and signature. A broken bourbon bottle also with fingerprints and a signature. One Jack Daniels. But he said he didn't do it. And most of all, we have a beautiful young woman and her lover lying dead in each other's arms. Order, order. Let the record show that she was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> They had sinned, yes, but was their crime so great as to merit a death sentence? Also, yes. <laughs> but that's my job. Judge, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> mm, you strike me as a particularly icy and remorseless man, Mr. Dufresne. It chills my blood just to look at you. And I wouldn't be doing my job as a judge if I didn't share that opinion with you and the jury. By the power vested in me, by the state of Maine, I hereby order you to serve two life sentences, back to back, but no break in between. When you finish one, you go right into the next. But I didn't do it! I was Andy DeFramed! That's what, nah. That's what they all say. It lasted one page. Thank you, Heber. Elsewhere in a parole office, we meet Ellis Boyd Red Redding. Sid! <laughs> so, Mr. Redding, do you feel you've been uh, rehabilitated? Now, in the film, he's a soft-spoken African-American man. However, in the book, Red is described as a rugged, shaggy Irishman, and as such, we have chosen to stay true to the text. <laughs> Mr. Redding, do you feel you've been rehabilitated? Yes, sir. Absolutely, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I learned my lesson. I can honestly say that I'm a changed man. I'm no longer a danger to society. Unless, of course, you would let me out. And then, oh boy. <laughs> Carnage. The parole man slams a big rejected stamp on his file, which I imagine is very satisfying. Red steps out into Shawshank Prison. Not a bad prison like Alcatraz or the one that Bane came from. A quaint old-timey one with a great sense of camaraderie. A place where beatdowns are during reasonable hours. If you drop the soap, someone just gives it back to you. And everyone's let out on their birthday. 
A group of ragtag miscreants stroll up to Red. There's Haywood, a scrampy, bumbling buffoon, and Floyd, a convicted murderer. Hey, Red, how'd it go? Oh, same old shit, different day. I'm up for parole every day. <laughs> hey, hey, Red, uh, bump me a deck. You see, I'm the guy who can get it for you. Damn near anything within reason, but not something unreasonable. Don't ask me to lick my elbow. Yes, sir, I'm a regular Sears and Roebuck. Whatever that means. Oh, boy, just the other day, they asked me to get him a cake. 52 candles and a card that said, Happy Birthday, Red. Wait a minute. They're throwing a surprise birthday party. I better tell the warden. <laughs> so when Andy Dufresne came to me in 1945 and asked me to smuggle Rita Hayworth into the prison, I told him, No. I don't deal in people. Anymore. <laughs> The gang watch as new inmates are brought into the prison. A guard drags them from the bus. It's the mean Captain Hadley. He looks like the Bond villain Jaws, but without the shiny smile. You speak English, but speak. Uh, yes, although I've never heard the word but speak. That's, that's new. But steak. But steak, as it was written on the page. But <laughs> uh, speak makes a little more sense. Um, you follow this officer. The old boys comment. <laughs> the old boys comment on the new boys. I've never seen such a sorry looking heap of dink dongs in all my life. Taking bets today, Red? Smokes or coins, baddest choice. Deuce is wild, house always wins. Oh, you're out some smoke, son. I'll bet on that dungo there, the fifth one. I bet he'll be the first to cry in his cell. And when he does, I'll be like, yeah, I won. And then I'll be like, oh, that's sad. I'm also in prison. <laughs> I admit I didn't make much of Andy the first time I laid eyes on him. He was far away and kind of blurry. That was my first impression of the man. My second impression of the man was, ooh, I'm Eddie Dufresne. I didn't kill my wife. But it needed work. What? <laughs> what did you say, Red? Oh, nothing, nothing. Just talking to myself in the future. He points to Andy in the crowd. I bet it'll be the tall drink of water with the silver spoon up his ass. That guy? Hey, wait, hey, Red, how do you know that? what's in his ass? Ten cigarettes. <gasps> That's a rich bet. Oh, who's going to prove me wrong? Haywood? Jigger, Skeets, Floyd, Grizabella, Scrimbleshanks, Rum Tum Ticker. You're all here. Meanwhile, Andy and the other new recruits are led to meet Warden Norton. I'm Norton, the warden. And I'm Christopher, the officer. <laughs> and I'm Hadley. I'll uh, treat you badly. <laughs> yep, that works. And you are convicted felons. That's why they sent you to me. Rule number one, no blasphemy. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. I mean, Jesus Christ, guys, that's a given. <laughs> the other rules you'll figure out as you go along. Any questions? Um, can I go now? Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, can I leave too? No. But you just let him out. Well, he asked first. <laughs> if I let you out, I mean, where does it end? <laughs> I believe in two things. Discipline and the Bible. Oh, in Roswell. <laughs> That's no joke Here you'll receive both Not the Roswell Put your trust in the Lord Your ass belongs to me 
The rest of you is free to go, but how far can you get from your ass? I tell you, I mean, my prison's the best. It's got more cells than Henry de Lax. Welcome to Shawshank Redemption, I mean, uh, prison. <laughs> the new prisoners are stripped down and de-loused, so they no longer have any louse. Andy takes off his shirt, revealing a full body tattoo of a prison's blueprints. Not this prison, though. A different one. They're marched into the central block. Here we get a good look at the worst of the worst. Everyone's here. Wario. Waluigi. Wa Roger Stone. It'd be scary if it wasn't for red, soothing tones. <clears throat> the first night's the toughest. No doubt about it. The key card for your cell doesn't work, and you booked a double bed, but you got two singles. <laughs> Somebody always breaks down crying. Only question is, who's it gonna be? The boys always go fishing with first-timers, and they don't quit till they reel someone in. Hey, fishy, 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 fish! <laughs> if, I, if I pretend it's an aquarium, it's less hellish being locked up in here forever. <laughs> oh. A prisoner finally snaps under all the teasing and starts bopping his nose up against the glass. Well, I learned my lesson! I'd like to go home now! <laughs> you can't! Ah! <laughs> His first night in the joint, Dufresne cost me two packets of cigarettes. He never made a sound. All I could hear was digging noises. <laughs> the next morning, all the prisoners go to the dining hall. It's like the great hall in Harry Potter, except everyone got Slytherin. Andy sits down beside Brooks, a nice old man who's probably in jail for doing something kind and folksy, like giving out hard candy or tying a bunch of balloons to his house and flying into US airspace. <laughs> Suddenly, Andy spots a maggot in his food, which he's basically finished already. Uh, waiter? Are you going to eat that? Do you mind? That's nice and ripe. The doddery Brooks feeds the maggot to a tiny baby crow hidden in his pocket. <laughs> Jake says, thank you. No, he didn't. <laughs> he fell out of his nest over by the plate shop. Named him after Jake Gyllenhaal. Gonna name the maggot Maggie. <laughs> it's nothing personal. <laughs> I'm gonna look after him until he's big enough to fly. Then he's gonna get us the whole hell out of here. <laughs> Andy kept pretty much to himself at first. I suppose he didn't know about our table quiz on Thursday. <laughs> Somebody should have told him. I feel guilty about that. Wasn't until a month went by before he opened his mouth to say more than two words to somebody. As it turned out, that somebody was me. Hi, I'm Andy Dufresne. Wife killing banker? Innocent as charged, baby. Uh, you're going to fit right in. Everyone in here is innocent. Well, except the ones who did it, which is most of them. Heywood, what are you in here for? Didn't do it. Lawyer fucked me. He, he was facing the wrong way the whole trial. And Floyd? Uh, my lawyer was late. Um, he said he slept in, but I know he just timed his commute badly. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> uh, now, Red, I understand you're a man. Yes. And that you know how to get things. I'm known to locate certain things from time to time. Truth be told, I'm the only one willing to pay for Amazon Prime. Well, I wondered if you might get me a rock hammer. A rock hammer? What is it and why? Why do you care? 
For a toothbrush, I wouldn't ask. I'd quote a price. But a toothbrush is a non-lethal object, isn't it? They think a toothbrush is a non-lethal object. <laughs> 19 prison, 1940s prison. Poor fools. Well, a rock hammer's about six or seven inches long. It, it looks like a miniature pickaxe. Adorable. It's, uh, it's for rocks. I'm a rock hound, you see. At least I was in my old life, before that witch turned me into a man. I'd like to be a rock hound again. Well, then I guess you want to escape. Tunnel under the wall, maybe. And he laughs out loud. Lol. <laughs> well, I missed the joke. What's so funny? <laughs> You'll know when you see the rock hammer. Or maybe you'd like to sink your toy into somebody's skull. You know, Boggs Diamond and the sisters have taken quite a liking to you. Now, don't get excited. I know they sound like a Motown band, but... <laughs> they're actually just a bunch of rapists. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks for the advice, Mr. Uh, Red. Name's Red. Why do they call you that? Maybe it's because I'm Irish. Faith and Bagura. <laughs> I could see why some boys took him for snobby. He strolled like a man without a care in the world, like he had on an invisible coat that would shield him from this place. And I wanted that invisible coat so I could escape. <laughs> yes, sir. Little does Red know, it's only the coat that's invisible. When you put it on, it, doesn't, it just looks like you're not wearing a coat, but you're warmer. <laughs> There's a montage of sneaky prisoners being all sneaky and sneaking in contraband, like sneakers. Red smiles when he sees the rock hammer. <laughs> and he was right. I finally got the joke. The panda ate bamboo shoots and then left. It was wordplay. Ah. But looking at it, it would take a man about 600 years to tunnel under the wall with one of these. And his sentence was five years under that. Later, Andy is alone in the laundry room. Suddenly, Boggs Diamond and the sisters appear from nowhere. They grab Andy. Assault. <laughs> I wish I could tell you Andy fought the good fight and the sisters let him be. I wish I could tell you that, but prison is no fairy tale world. So instead, I'll just sort of dance around it because it makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Things went on like that for a while. Prison life consists of routine, and then more routine, and then lunch, and then afternoon routine, then dinner, then jumping him in the shower, and then bed. Every so often, Andy would show up with fresh bruises, said he just fell on a gang of thugs. I do believe those first two years were the worst for him, because he wasn't allowed to leave. But then in the spring of 1949, the powers that be decided. The roof of this license plate factory needs resurfacing. It's at the bottom of the goddamn ocean. I need a dozen volunteers for a week's work. As you know, special detail carries with it special privileges. Later, the gang are working hard resurfacing the roof, rubbing roof juice on it. Hadley and the guards are catching up on the goss. So this big shot lawyer calls me long distance from Texas. He says, uh, sorry to inform you, but your brother just died. I said, hello, who is this? <laughs> Gotta commit to this voice now. He says, uh, I'm a big shot lawyer calling long distance from Texas. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm not. He was an asshole. Ran off years ago. 
Wait, wait a minute, your, your brother just ran off? What? Figured him for dead. Hold on, but you just saw him run off? What are you talking about? Why are you telling me this? <laughs> so this lawyer fellow says to me, he died a rich man, oil wells and shit. Of course, the oil was worth a lot more than the shit. Oh, yes, yeah. That's what he left me. But what's the point? What do you think the government will do to me? Maybe leave enough to buy a new car, and then what? I gotta pay tax on the car? Repair? Maintenance? Kids? Pestering you to take them for a ride all the time? You don't gotta pay for the kids! Until all I'm left with is a car and money I didn't have before. Andy approaches Hadley as if sneaking up on him. Uh, Mr. Hadley, do you trust your wife? Excuse me? What the hell did you say? Oh, sorry, I I, I phrased that poorly. Uh, How about, does your hag wife bone around town? (laughs) Step aside, Mart. This fucker's having himself an on-purpose accident. Uh. Hadley holds Andy over the side of the building. And remember, they're on the roof, so the stakes are high. If you trust her, you can keep that 35000 Give it to your wife. The IRS allows a one-time-only gift to your spouse, tax-free. IRS can't touch one cent. If they do, they'll burst into flames. You're that smart banker that killed his wife. Why should I believe you when it comes to wives? Well, yeah, you do need someone to set it up for you. That'll cost you a lawyer. A bunch of ball-washing bastards. How dare they clean their bulls? Do you not wash your balls? Sorry, uh... Well, I, I suppose I could set that up for you. I'd only ask for, uh, three beers apiece for each of my co-workers. I think a man outside feels more like a man if he can have a bottle of brand-name beer. That's only my opinion, sir. Well, actually, let's make it two bottles apiece. Most of these guys commit their crimes drunk. Heck, I'm innocent and I was wasted. Hadley pops to spar and picks up a bag of cans. They clink them open and celebrate on that roof like kings. Kings in jail! Hey, 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 Andy. <laughs> Want a cool one? No, thanks. I gave up drinking after I didn't kill my wife. Anything else we can get you, Andy? Well, there is this one thing. That night, Boggs returns to his cell to find Hadley waiting for him. <laughs> Andy Dufresne sends his regards. <laughs> Bam! And then it's just horrific. (laughs) Hadley beats Boggs into a civilized member of society and then keeps going. Boggs would never walk again. That's the last we ever saw of him. I heard they transferred him to a minimum security cemetery. (laughs) Now it's the 1950s. Both white fences and desegregated schools are picketed. And Robocop is only 30 years away from being in cinemas. Andy and Red play Monopoly in the yard. Four, five, six. Community chests. Uh, let's see. You win a beauty pageant and are convicted of killing your wife. Go straight to jail. When I first met Andy Dufresne, he was a small metal dog. I was a thimble. All right, this game sucks, Red. Chess. Chess. Now there's a game of kings. We should play that because you'll be bad at it and that'll make me feel good. We could get a board together, but uh, I'll carve the pieces myself. It'll take years. Well, years I got. 
No, I said years. Oh. Well, I guess my ears weren't as good as I thought they were. <laughs> Say, Andy, we're getting to be kind of friends, right? I mean, maybe that's just how I'm feeling. I, am I reading those vibes wrong? <laughs> Can I ask you something? Why'd you do it? I'm innocent, Red. Just like everybody else here. What are you in for? Murder. Same as you. Innocent? Only guilty man in Shawshank. Can't deny it. Video evidence. <laughs> one of the odds. Only one CCTV camera in the world, and I... <laughs> and I killed the man who invented it. In front of it. <laughs> Some days I'm actually kind of proud of myself for that one. Sometime later, possibly a decade, Red sits <laughs> in the prison cinema watching Gilda, starring Rita Hayworth. Here she comes. I like this part where she does that shit with her hair. Rita throws her hair back in a mildly suggestive manner. The entire prison riots. <laughs> resulting in three deaths. Uh, Red, I understand you're a man who knows how to get things. I'm known to locate certain things from time to time. Have we not done this? What do, you, what do you want? Uh, Rita Hayworth. Can you get her? I'll take a few weeks, but I'll get her. Atom by atom. Relax. <laughs> Just to be clear, I want a poster of her. Oh, that's much easier. Yeah, I'll get that to you tomorrow. <laughs> Andy hangs his new poster of Rita Hayworth and sits and stares at it, having a good time. Just imagining getting behind her and tapping out that hole. (laughs) Comes back around. Later, the warden visits Andy in his cell. He finds him reading the Bible. He inspects it. Ah, pleased to see you're reading the Bible. Any favorite passages? Uh, watch forth, for ye shall not be able to see me. John Cena 3.16. Lucky for Andy, the warden is also only pretending to know the Bible by heart. I've uh, always liked that one. I hear you're good with numbers. Hmm, Well, I do know most of them. Hmm. How nice. A man should have a skill. You enjoy working the laundry? No, sir, not especially. There's always one sock that just gets away from you. Mm. Perhaps we can find something uh, more befitting a man of your education. I almost forgot. He hands Andy back his prison Bible, not noticing it's considerably heavier than all the other prison Bibles. Salvation lies within. Cool. Andy starts his first day of his job at the library. Old man Brooks is showing him the ropes. And the books. Well, here she is. The Shawshank Prison Library. A New Testament, Old Testament. One testament that's used, but it's good as new. And that's all the books. A guard arrives and cautiously approaches Andy. Uh, Excuse me, Mr. Dufresne. I I was thinking about setting up some kind of... Trust fund for my kid's education. I see. Uh, Well, uh, why don't we have a seat and we'll talk about it. All right, let me ask you one question. Do you trust your hag of a wife? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Later, he pleads with the warden. Uh, Warden, I'd like to expand the library. We need more books. We don't even have the novelization of The Phantom Menace, and I've heard it really fleshes out the backstory of the Trade Federation. (laughs) 
The budget's stretched thin as it is. Well, I'd like to try at least. Uh, with your permission, of course. A letter a week. Just one letter each week. In three months I'll have Dear State Of. <laughs> you write your letters if it'll make you happy. I'll even pretend to mail them for you. How's that? <laughs> one year later, Andy goes to tell the gang how his meeting with the warden, warden went. He finds a deranged Brooks holding a knife to Haywood's throat, where some of his blood is kept. Whoa, calm down! Stay back! God damn it, I got no choice! Easy now, Brooks. Brooks, you're a reasonable man, right, guys? So, come on, put the knife down, Brooks. Put the knife down! Well, all right. Thanks, Andy. If only you'd been there to talk me down when I stabbed that cop 50 years ago. I just figured this was the only way they'd let me stay. <laughs> Crazy old fool! Oh, oh, damn near cut my throat! Oh, you've had worse from shaving. And the many times you've been stabbed in prison. <laughs> Brooks, why, what did you do to set him off, Haywood? I, I come in here to say farewell! Ain't you heard? His parole's come through. But I, I don't want to leave. I, I love prison. Stripes are really my look. Also, every time I walk past the fence, there's a mean dog outside. Get out of here. <laughs> Later, Brooks walks out of the prison gates, finally free after all these years. Andy and Red watch him as he totters into a wall. I just don't understand what happened in there. Well, the man's been in here 50 years. In here, he's an important man, an educated man. Outside, he's nothing. I tell you, these walls are funny. First, you hate him, but where would we be without him? Ever think of that? Crushed by the ceiling. <laughs> Enough time passes, you get so to depend on him. I mean, think about it, Andy. The front door is wide open. We're free to leave anytime we want. <laughs> That's institutionalized. Well, yeah, but what about that dog? I keep telling you, there's no fucking dog, guys. <laughs> Sometime later, the gang gets a letter from Brooks. Dear fellas, man, I, I knew I should have learnt their names. I can't believe how fast things move on the outside. I saw an automobile once when I was a kid, but now they're everywhere. People look at me funny when I ride my horse down Main Street. The poor old board got me a job bagging groceries, which is a whole job in the 60s. <laughs> It's hard work, and I try to keep up. First day on the job, I opened up the milk and poured it straight in the bag, and it told me off. I tell you, it's a young man's game. A woman watches Brooks pack her bags and speaks the only line spoken by a female character in IMDb's greatest movie of all time. Make sure you double bag. Last time, the bottom near came out. Powerful. <laughs> Aaron McGuffey, ladies and gentlemen. This world is so different now. It's like I was raised in Back to the Future Part 3, and then they dropped me straight into Back to the Future Part 2. You never, you know, I saw the, the Lindenberg baby the other day. Barely recognized him. He's all grown up now. I've decided not to stay. 
I mean, once you've seen one quantum sex tube, you've seen them all. Because that's how they work. I doubt they'll kick up any fuss. Not for an old crook like me. Peace out. Brooks. A sad, lonely Brooks walks back to his apartment. He climbs up on a chair, and before he hangs himself, he carves three words. Free Palestine ACAB. He should have died in here. God. God knows I tried to kill myself a few times. Later, Andy is summoned to the warden's office. It's piled high with letters. The guards are making envelope angels. What have you done? It's a goddamn mess, I'll tell you that. What's all this? You tell me. You're the smart one. Look like letters. They're all addressed to you. Uh, dear Mr. Dufresne. It's, uh, it's Dufresne. Oh, that's how you pronounce it. In response to your incessant inquiries, the state has allocated the enclosed funds for your library project. This is $200 which is $2,019, if anyone's wondering that for some reason. <laughs> Please stop sending us letters. You finally did it, Andy! <laughs> okay. Uh, sir, here. Please take this $200. I want you to go out and buy 50 copies of Normal People by Sally Rooney. <laughs> Seems like everyone's reading it. Yeah, great work. I've got a, a, to pinch a loaf. When I come back, this is all gone. Sorry, you're, you're going you're gonna to what? Uh, uh, you heard me. <laughs> uh, pinch a loaf. Just sneak it into a bakery, find the chubbiest loaf, and, and go to town on it, then take a big shit. <laughs> the officer scampers off to pinch loaves, leaving Andy to his own devices. Having not been alone for many years, he immediately reverts back to his basic instincts. He locks the doors and sets up a rudimentary pirate radio station on the prison's PA system. Good afternoon, Shawshank Redemption! It is a beautiful sunny day in prison. It's just coming up to five o'clock. You're listening to Daffy Andy, and this is Girls Aloud. Stay funky out there, Chicago! He grabs the guard's vinyl player and jacks it into the switchboard, sending absolute jams echoing throughout the entire prison. Open the door, Andy. They've never heard music before. They're going to explode. I have no idea to this day what those ladies were singing about. <laughs> Truth is, I don't want to know. Some things are best left unsaid. I like to think it was something so beautiful it can't be expressed in words and makes your heart ache because of it. I tell you, for the briefest moment, every last man at Shawshank heard the sound of the underground. <laughs> Hadley burst the door down. And he got two weeks in the hole for that little stunt. Stuck in a bunker with underage Keira Knightley. It's a movie, the whole... No. <laughs> Andy returns after a solitary holiday. <laughs> hey, look who's here. Maestro. Was it worth two weeks? Easiest time I ever did. Oh, a week in the hole is like a year to keep the room moving at close to the speed of light. <laughs> That's how they get you. 
Well, I had the music to keep me company. So they let you tilt that record player down there, huh? No, it was it was in here. And he points to his head. And in here. And he points to his iPod shuffle. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Well, um, well, I I I played a mean harmonica when I was a younger man, but uh, had to stop. Too mean. <laughs> Fuck you. beautiful here's where it makes the most sense you need it so you don't forget forget that there's other places in the world that aren't made of stone there's more than this there's so many other construction materials you wouldn't believe it there's something inside that they can't get to you that they can't touch that that's yours what are you talking about hope and fiberglass the next day red is called in for another parole hearing sit down says here that you've served 30 years of a life sentence. It seems you've been rehabilitated. Okay, we're going to do a quick word association game. Just tell me the first thing that comes into your mind. Okay. Balloon. Murder. Fuck. <laughs> Red is immediately clanked back to the clink. 30 years. Jesus. When you say it like that. Uh, it's tough, buddy. You wonder where it went. I wonder where 10 years went. Okay, well, it's not a competition, Andy. Come on. <laughs> Here, a uh, little parole present. It's a harmonica. It's already in your pocket. <laughs> I carved it out of a rock. It's probably going to scrape your teeth a bit, but should work just fine. It's very pretty, Andy. Thank you. You going to play it? Not right now. <laughs> The next day, Andy gets back to his cell to find a new poster for his wall. The iconic one of Mar- Marilyn Monroe farting on that vent. <laughs> Dirty bitch. In the cell next door, Red plays a single note on his harmonica. All right, keep it down in there! <laughs> Later, the prisoners have cobbled together a library, which is sort of an extra vision for books. <laughs> hey, hey, Andy, okay, where, where I put this one? Uh, tre- Treasure Island, Robert Louis Stevenson. Okay, uh, shelf that under books about islands. What's next? Uh, I got here auto repair and soap carving. Hmm, that one goes under books not about islands. <laughs> Just behind you. Uh, yes, it was a great library. Until the prisons all, prisoners all started paper-cutting each other to death and they had to shut it down. That was also the same year Warden Norton institu- instituted his famous Inside Out program. His second most famous program after Norton Antivirus. The warden gives a speech to the press. It's called Inside Out. I'm going to let all the prisoners out to work, but don't worry. I'll put all the civilians inside so you'll all be safe. <laughs> it's no free ride. They'll be working, construction. These men can learn the value of an honest day's labor and provide a service in the community at a bare minimum of expense to Mr. and Mrs. John Q. Taxpayer. And I must say, John and his wife have been very generous with their donations. It's, uh, they are more conceptual idiom- idioms than uh, real people. That would explain a lot. 
Well, if you excuse me, I must get ready for my meeting with Joe Public. I'm afraid he's also a concept, sir. This is uh, that. Johnny said, uh, Johnny completely said he'd join me. Uh, I don't know what's keeping him. Oh, oh, he's just running late. Okay. There are a hundred different ways to skim off the top. Men, materials, you name it. Prison uniforms made of paper, no doors, jelly bars. And behind every shady deal, there was Andy, keeping the books in the library where they belong. Back in the warden's office. Get my stuff to the laundry. Uh, two suits for dry clean and a bag of whatnot. If they overstarch my shirts again, they'll hear from me. Book me a table at La Trocadero. Tell them uh, I want the window seat this time and, and finish formatting that issue of Vogue for me. I want it to look more modern and dynamic. You want the rest of this pie? I got it as a bribe. Thank you, sir. Andy takes the pie to Red, who's at the library. Uh, here's a pie. That's a bad-looking pie. <laughs> yeah, it's a shitty pie. Warden's got scams you haven't even dreamed of. He's the king of kickbacks. The alpha male of blackmail. The father of the bribe. <laughs> He's got a river of dirty money running through here. Like a Willy Wonka stream of shit cash. Well, the problem with having all that money is, sooner or later, he'll have to explain where it came from. And saying you just found it only works once. Yeah, that's where I come in. See, I channel it, filter it, funnel it, titrate it with an accountant's pipette. <laughs> Distill it down to just pure money ore. But what happens when the IRS come calling? That's the beauty of it, Red. I just rip the phone out of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> By the time Norton retires, I'll have made him a millionaire. All that paper leaves a trail. It'll lead to somebody. Sure will. To Randall Stevens. Oh, yeah. Randall. No, right. I haven't told you who Randall is. Oh. <laughs> Stupid. That, that's okay, right? No, I made him up. Doesn't exist, except on paper. Well, you can't just make up a person. Sure you can. Try it. Go on, Red. Give it a go. Okay. Um, Andy Dufresne. No. <laughs> no, that's you. Uh, it, it is harder than it looks. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, my guy Randall, he's only got one arm and a really long nose that flaps around and drags along the floor. <laughs> I carved his passport out of soapstone, and I even came up with a social security number. Take a listen to this. 57. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> wow. And if they trace any accounts, they'll wind up chasing a figment of my imagination. They'll have to do a deep dive into my brain with an FBI computer. Like in Jennifer Lopez's movie, The Cell. Yes, but nobody knows what that is. <laughs> Suddenly they hear the air siren. It's new prisoner day. They all get to load up on their new potential prison pals. Among them is a young West Side Story hepcat, Tommy Williams. Like Elvis before they invented hamburgers and toilets. He's got switchblade combs sticking out of his quiff and he keeps talking about those summer nights. Oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, oh. Tommy Williams came to Shawshank. You're doing well. Thank you. Tommy Williams came to Shawshank in 1965 on a two-year stretch for B&E. That's breaking and entering to you, whoever you are. <laughs> he was a young punk, Mr. Rock and Roll, Johnny Guitar, Larry Leatherjacket, Mr. Saturday Night Fever. Later, the whole gang are doing some shoddy construction work. Come on, old boys, you're moving like molasses. Look at you all, non-viscous, making me look bad. You guys are a bunch of old soup. I'm Tommy. I ain't got no time for this. I'm going places. My name's Tommy. We... We didn't like him immediately. 
So I'm backing out the door and I got this TV like this. The cop goes, freeze, kid, hands in the air. And I say, sure, but if I drop this, you got me on destruction of property, too. <laughs> then he tased me until I passed out and vomited a little bit. I've been locked up all over the place. Name it, chances are I've been there. Saigon? Uh, no. Wow. <laughs> Uh, perhaps you should try a new profession. You're not a very good thief. You should try something else. Have you ever heard about computers? They're gonna be big. Well, no, I mean, I mean they are big, but they're gonna be bigger. But they're gonna be small. <laughs> but boy, they're gonna be huge! <laughs> oh, I'll do something. You better believe it. Just you wait and see. Ooh, boy, old Tommy. Stand back. Watch this space, old man. Well, we're, we're rooting for you. <laughs> Later that day, Tommy finds Andy in the library. Hey, Andy, uh, thought I might try for my high school equivalency. Ah, you're a loser. I don't waste time with losers, Tommy. <laughs> I ain't no goddamn loser. Do you really mean that? Yeah. You really mean that? Well, now that you're pressing me, you kind of knock my confidence. So Andy took Tommy under his wing. Started making him, taking him through the ABCs. Tommy took to it pretty well, too. Before long, he had half the alphabet down. Andy needed a new project, and Tommy was it. Tommy was like his robot wars, and Andy was like his dad, who came to support him but actually built the whole damn thing. <laughs> and I was Craig Charles. <laughs> Seasons pass, and we see the hands on the calendar go round and round. Tommy sits in his big prison exam. Well, how'd it go? Oh, it's for shit. I wasted a whole year of my life, uh, uh, of my time with this bullshit. Are tests usually that long? I didn't get a thing right. Let's just wait and see how the score comes out. Oh, God. Five times five is 25. Cats crawling up trees. Fuck this place. Fuck it. I am dying to know what exam question was about cats crawling up trees. <laughs> how would you use that? He storms out and goes to speak to Red in the workshop. <clears throat> feel bad, man. I let him down. Ah, that's crap, kid. He's proud of you. Unless you're a loser. Oh, boy. <laughs> I hope you weren't a loser, Tommy. He hates losers. He's a smart fellow, ain't he? Oh, as smart as they come. I saw him solve a Rubik's Cube where every side was a Sudoku. <laughs> Except one, which is a jigsaw of Einstein. He's a genius. You know, Andy... Andy used to be a banker on the outside, and everybody loves bankers. What's he in here any, for anyway? Like, stealing an abacus? Murder. The hell you say? <laughs> you wouldn't think it to look at the guy. Caught his wife in bed with some golf car salesman. Greased them both up. Just greased them on up. The sweet grease of death. Whoa, whoa wait a minute. A murder? In a bed? That sounds so familiar. He fetches Andy, because the prisoners here can just do whatever they want and go wherever they want, apparently. Okay, listen. About four years ago, I was in Thomaston on a two-to-three stretch. They gave me my sentence as a ratio, just to be, like, weird. About six months left to go, I get a new cellmate, Elmo Blatch. Anyway, Elmo was a little twitchy puppet of a man. Kind of rumor you pray you don't get, you know what I'm saying? Kept reciting the alphabet and teaching me about inclusion and shit. Said he pulled hundreds of jobs. Talked all the time about it, too. That's the other thing. Just kept admitting things. Various crimes he did. He just wouldn't shut up. That's probably why he was in jail. So one night, like a joke, I say to him, Elmo, knock, knock. Who did you kill? So he said, who's there? A bunch of guys. And I'm like, me, Tommy. But who specifically? 
suddenly, projected on the inside of Tommy's brain, we see Elmo's confession play out. Now, we can't stay long here as the psychic landscape of a criminal is a dangerous place. Just like in Jennifer Lopez's The Cell. So Elmo got this job one time. Bussing tables at a country club so Elmo could case all these big rich pricks that come in. <laughs> like every time Elmo brings over the salad, Elmo peeked down and memorized the shapes of their house keys. Huh? Then me, Elmo, <laughs> picks out this guy, go in one night and do his place. He wakes up and gives me shit. Oh no! So Elmo killed him. <laughs> him and this tasty bitch. <laughs> And that's the best part, completely arbitrarily. She's fucking this prick, see? This golf car guy. But she's married to some other guy, this protagonist guy. Some hutch-up banker. And he's the one they pinned it on. <laughs> Hannah Mamalis, ladies and gentlemen. Andy repeats this to the warden verbatim. And he's the one they pulled him on. I can't do the voice, but that's the basic gist. Well, I have to say, that's the most amazing story and voice I've ever heard. Thank you. What amazes me most is that you'd be taken in by it. Oh, come on, it's Steve King. He's got a gift. It's obvious this uh, fellow Williams is impressed with you. He hears uh, your tale of woe and naturally wants to cheer you up. He, he's young, not terribly bright. It's not surprising he'd uh, not know the, uh, know the exact details that corroborate your story and completely exonerate you. But, sir, he's telling the truth. Let's say for the moment this Elmo does exist, and he's as adorable as you say. You think he'd just fall to his knees and cry, yes, Elmo did it. Elmo confesses. Elmo did it. <laughs> well, I can't do it either. Well, with Tommy's testimony, I can get a new trial. That's assuming Elmo is still there. Chances are, he'd be released by now. But they'd have his last known address, and besides, Warden, everyone knows what street Elmo lives on. <laughs> How can you be so obtuse? What? What did you call me? Obtuse! One of your angles is more than 90 degrees, you bastard! Never talk about my angles! You're forgetting yourself. If you want to indulge this fantasy, it's your business. Don't make it mine. Don't share fantasies. Dream sharing is illegal. This meeting is over. Oh, but if I got out, I'd, I'd never mention what happened here. I'd be as indictable as you for laundering all that money, sir. Solitary. A month. And turn in your badge and gun. You really shouldn't have those. <laughs> You're a prisoner! <laughs> the two burly boy guards begin to drag Andy away. What's the matter with you? This is my chance to get out, don't you see that? Surely it's every warden's dream to see their prison empty! <laughs> Later, Red and his prison friends chit-chat in the yard. A month in the hole. Longest damn stretch I've ever heard of. I don't think I've ever heard of a longer stretch of time. <laughs> it's all my fault. All oh, bullshit. You didn't pull the trigger and you suddenly didn't convict him. Red, are you saying Andy's innocent? I mean, for real innocent? Not just the jokey joke innocent we all say we are to distance ourselves psychologically from our horrible crimes? <laughs> I'm afraid it looks that way, Haywood. Tommy receives some post. What a lucky boy. You know, I think getting post is a real treat. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> well, what you got, huh? Oh, board of education. I tell you, I got pretty board of education, and now I'm, <laughs> and now, and now I'm in, pri- now I'm in prison. Oh, Andy, that son of a bitch mailed it. Red snatches the letter from Tommy. Oh, come on, will you throw that away, please? Or at least read what it says to me. Well, shit. Andy sits alone in solitary confinement. A guard approaches and slides some food through a slot in the door, clearly, <laughs> clearly mistaking it for some sort of ham post box. <laughs> Still think of a letter thing. Kid passed. C plus average. Went straight to his head. Now he thinks he's in Mensa and he's attempting a PhD. Oh, no. Poor kid doesn't stand a chance. Andy smiles a smile. Later, Tommy is approached by Hadley. Warden wants to talk. He leads Tommy outside the prison. Tommy, you stand there. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, I'm asking you to keep this conversation just between us. We've got a situation here. I think you can appreciate that. Yes, sir, I sure can. I'll take this secret to my grave. Well, if I'm going to move on this, uh, there can't be the least little shred of doubt. I have to know if what you told Dufresne was the truth. Yes, sir, absolutely. Would you be willing to swear before a jury, having placed your hand on the big book and talked to the wig guy at the hammer? Ever taken an oath before Evan Almighty himself? Just give me that chance. I swear on my wife and my newborn child. And once I get out of here, I'm going to be on the straight and narrow. I'm only three days away from prison retirement. That's what I thought. Norton recedes into the shadows. Looks like this is Andy's day. He's going to be a free man. Blam, blam, blam! (laughs) Tommy's nipples explode. He He must have been really excited to get out. Oh, wait, no, he's been shot by the dastardly Captain Hadley. The warden is going to hear about this. Oh, no, he was in on it. I just got it. Later, the door to Andy's solitary cell is opened. The warden stands before him. Thank God. I was getting so tired of playing solitaire. (laughs) I'm sure by now you've heard. Terrible thing. Man that young. Less than a year to go. Trying to escape. I tell you, it just doesn't make any sense. Wait, forget what I said about the sense. Uh, Broke uh, Captain Hadley's heart just to shoot him. But uh, Tommy's heart... uh, when the bullet hit, hit it. We'll just have to put it behind us. Move on. I'm done, Warden. Everything stops. Get someone else to run your scams. Do you know how hard it is to find a banker in prison? They usually just get a slap on the wrist or a fine. <laughs> Nothing stops. Or will you do the hardest time there is? And the library, we'll just have a, have a little book barbecue in the yard. We'll dance around it like Indians. They really are beautiful people. What a rich and diverse culture. Do you understand me, or am I being obtuse? (laughs) Tell me honestly, because you said I was obtuse before, and now I'm just a little bit aware of it. I'm a bit self-conscious, incredibly (laughs) self-conscious. Later, Andy sits in the yard with Red. You know, my wife used to say I'm a hard man to know. Like a closed book. Complained about it all the time. God, I loved her. Dumb as bricks, though. (laughs) Didn't even know how to open books. I drove her away, and that's why she died, Red. Because of me. That don't make you a murderer. Bad husband, maybe. Feel bad about it if you want to, but you didn't pull the trigger. Just like the administrators at Auschwitz. And actually, that's a terrible example. It's completely wrong. That's bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> do, you think, 
Think you'll ever get out of here? Me? Oh, yeah. One day when I got a long white beard and two or three marvels left rolling around upstairs that let me out. That rejection stamp's gonna run out of ink someday, right? I mean, come on. Tell you where I'd go. So what in here? Ah, oh, yeah. That's what they all say. So, what? <laughs> so what in here, Mexico. Little place right in the Pacific. Open a little hotel on a, on a beach that just seems to go on forever. No, it probably doesn't. Buy some worthless old boat and fix it up. Just a real money pit. Get into serious financial trouble. Take my guests out charter fishing. Drown them. Steal their things. <laughs> you know, a place like that, I could use a man who can get things. Boy, Zinedine Zidane, huh? Sounds beautiful. I don't think I could make it on the outside, Andy. I've been here most of my life. I'm an institutional man, just like Brooks was. I get myself a pocket crow and just go be a dumbass in the library. You underestimate yourself, right? Oh. <laughs> Hell, I wouldn't know where to begin. Pacific Ocean? Shit. It would scare me to death, something that big. Hell, I'm in here for shooting a giraffe because its size spooked me. And I wanted its money. Well, I didn't shoot my wife, and I didn't shoot her lover. Whatever mistakes I made, I've paid for them and then some. That hotel and that boat, I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think you ought to be doing this to yourself, Andy. This is just a shitty pipe dream. You'd have to crawl through a shitty pipe to get to that dream. What? I mean... Who are you? I mean, Mexico's all the way down there. At the other end of that pipe. Guess when it comes down to it, it's a simple choice, really. Get busy living, or get rich die trying. <laughs> right, if you ever get out of here, do me a favor. Yeah, Andy, sure thing. There's a big hayfield up near Buxton, one in particular with a big oak tree. It's where I asked my wife to marry me. We went for a picnic. We made love under that oak. Promise me, Red. If you ever get out of here, find that spot. It's easy to find. Just look for the tree I fucked my wife under. <laughs> You'll know it when you see it. Why? <laughs> you'll know. <laughs> In the base of that wall, you'll find a piece of black volcanic glass. You'll find something buried under it that I want you to have. What, is it cool? Well, you just have to pry it up and see. Now repeat all that back to me, please. Um, you want me to find a big rock and kill your wife. <laughs> Andy sighs and stamps a big rejected stamp on Red's parole. Ah, come on! <laughs> That evening, Andy finishes his daily money crimes in the warden's office. Lickety split, I want to get home. Just about done, sir. Three deposits tonight. TMI, Andy. <laughs> get my stuff. It's prison. Get my stuff down to the laundry. And shine my shoes, I want them looking like mirrors. Yes, sir. It's good having you back, Andy. Place just wasn't the same without you. I had a lot less illegal money. Andy shines the warden's shoes and walks dejectedly back to his cell. The prison is turned off for the night. <laughs> Red watches Andy's cell door with concern. I've had some long nights in stir. Alone in the dark with nothing but your thoughts. But that was the longest night of my life. Something weird happened with a passing Thomas. In the morning, the guards begin to call everyone from their cells. Andy doesn't appear. 
Dufresne, get your ass out here, boy, and then the rest of you. But ask first so it's awkward. Hadley bungle-dungles his way down to Andy's cell only to find it's empty. It's empty. Norton the Wharton arrives to get to the bottom of this mystery. What do you mean he just wasn't here? What do those words mean? I don't understand a single one of those words. What did I tell you about clarity? But sir, he, he wasn't. Norton hands Hadley a clipboard. Last night's count. You see? Dufresne's name. Dufresne. I sure do. See it right there. Dufresne. He wasn't a cell it lights out, you see. The prisoner count is supposed to read one to match last night, but now it says zero when I'm found now. Red is brought into the cell. I see you two all the time. I hear your sweet, timeless heart-to-hearts everywhere I go, and it's just delightful. <laughs> he must have said something. Uh, no, sir. No word. Not a word. Lord, it's a miracle. Man up and vanished like David Blaine in the wind. <laughs> Nothing left but that heavily dented poster with a draft coming out of it. Let's ask her. Maybe she knows. The warden picks up a rock and throws it at the poster. It goes straight through. He tears it down, revealing that it's hidden a hole in the wall. Well, I'll be goddamned. Stop. Freeze. Okay. You're watching closely? You think you saw what happens? Well, let's go back. We, we, we rewind back to earlier moments of the film. The previous night, the warden gives Andy his shoes. Get my stuff down to laundry and shine my shoes. I want them looking like mirrors. Yes, sir. I'll give him the old Andy special. Andy walks up to Red in the yard for the first time. What are you going to do with that rock hammer? Tunnel under the wall, maybe? They both laugh. Ha, 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 ha. But Andy has his fingers crossed behind his back. And he spends actually 20 years scraping a giant hole in a cell wall. The warden's phone rings. Hello? Do I have your attention now? Dufresne! You think this wasn't all part of the plan? It flashes back to Andy sitting outside the apartment of his wife and lover. We see his, we see their dead bodies on the bed, cold and lifeless. But after the police leave, they split up, pull off the squib uh, jackets and wipe all the fake blood away. <laughs> Good job, guys. I tell you, you almost had me fooled. <gasps> You think you've figured it out yet? Had a little help from the inside. Take a look, take another look at Hadley, Warden. He looks over at Hadley, who is now just clearly a balloon with a smiley face drawn on it. What about all those years you served? Just slide a hand. What about the library you built? Look again. He looks over and sees us nothing but a balloon with the word books written on it. They're gonna know you're gone. They're never gonna stop looking for you. You sure about that, Warden? What are you wearing right now? The warden looks down and sees he's wearing a prison jumpsuit with a name tag that reads Andy Dufresne. Hadley slides the cell door shut. Dufresne! Think a month in solitary ought to sort you out, warden. Wait, 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 Andy. There's one thing I don't get. How the hell did you get out? That was the easy part. I just crawled through a big, long, smelly, poopy piss tube and now I'm out. Stephen Colfer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Finally, Andy had his redemption from the crime he was innocent of. When I picture him heading south in his car with a top down, it makes me laugh all over. Of jealousy. <clears throat> I have to remind myself that some birds aren't meant to be caged. Like a toucan. 
too, too big and crazy. But I guess I just miss my friend. Red steps into another parole hearing. Your file says you've served 40 years of a life sentence. You feel you've been rehabilitated? Not a day goes by that I don't feel regret. And not because I'm in here or because you think I should. I don't mind that I did what I did. I just feel ashamed that I was caught. (laughs) But you got me, fair and square. I did my time. Of course, I tried to sneak out every week and often punch the guards, but I meant well. Can I go now? Yes. Well, honestly, I don't give a shit. Wait, what? Did you say yes? Red is finally released from Shawshank Redemption Prison. But just like Brooks, life on the outside is tough for Red. There is a harsh truth to face. No way I'm going to make it on the outside. All I do anymore is think of ways to break my parole. Maybe I'd mow down a couple of kids or kill the president. Only one, only one thing stops me. A promise I made to Andy. To just stop killing people. Red sets off and finds that hayfield that Andy told him about. Sure enough, he finds the rock. And underneath is a note from Andy. Dear Red, if you're reading this, you've also escaped. And if you've come this far, maybe you're willing to come a little further. You remember the name of the town, don't you? Trinidad and Tobago. (laughs) Remember, Red, hope. Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies, except maybe Game of Thrones. And I don't mean good people in Game of Thrones. I mean Game of Thrones died. I will be hoping that this letter finds you. I mean, I hope that you find this letter. You have to come to it. Your friend, Andy. P.S. I hope you like the gift inside the box. It was the most beautiful gift I ever received. Gwyneth Paltrow's head. (laughs) Red boards a bus to Mexico. For the second time in my life, I am guilty of committing a crime. Parole violation. I also beat the shit out of a guy in the bus station bathroom for looking at me funny. I find I am so excited I can barely sit still. I think it is the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man that at the start of a long journey who should have used the toilet before leaving and is now shifting uncomfortably. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope I get that Oscar. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it was being in my dreams. I also hope it has that hedgehog plane I dream about. I hope. Red walks along the white sandy beaches of Mexico. Zerarathustra. He approaches a man working on a boat. It's Andy Dufresne. They embrace. Well, Andy, I think you owe me a game of chess. <laughs> Guess where to look. I left my set in prison. But don't worry, we'll find another game around here somewhere. Come on, Andy. It's not like a board game is just going to wash up on the beach. <laughs> 
a wooden box is carried to the shore on a wave. Red and Andy approach. The box is covered in strange African carvings. Red picks it up. Huh. Jumanji. The end! Dream Gun Film Reads Shawshank Redemption was adapted by Stephen Coffer, Gavin Dre, Heber Hanley, and James McDonald, James Mee, and featured Tony Cantwell, Vanya Eccles, Hannah Mamalis, Aaron McGahey, Ed Salmon, and Ronan Carey as the narrator. Sound mix and theme music were by Kev Brennan of Wave Farm Productions. Artwork was by Stephanie Ravel, and design was by Patty Dunn. Our next episode is Everybody's Favorite Lovable Animated Lions. Entrapment with Sean Connery. Our next episode is The Lion King. Hello friends, this is Stephen from Dream Gun, and we have shows on sale in Dublin and London right now. We are home in Dublin this June the 15th to the 17th with updated film reads of The Matrix, Jurassic Park and Titanic at Smock Alley Theatre. Featuring the award-winning ensemble of Tony Cantwell, Ronan Carey, Stephen Culver, that's me, Finbar Doyle, Hannah Mamelis, Aaron McGathy and Edwin Salmon. Uh, the show is at Smock Alley Theatre and tickets are on sale right now. Head to dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Meanwhile, in London, we are now performing every month at 21 Soho with a different film read every month and different guests joining us on the stage. This month's London film is Batman Begins, but if you're in the future, it's probably a different film and you can find out which one at dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets.